Oops. Welcome to RPME. This is Saratova Beth. Um, I hope that the sound is good here. Let's talk about, for Gimbal Tammuz, let's talk about the transformation of nature, changing the nature of nature, upgrading the frequency of nature. Because the old frequency of nature is you can't fight city halls. It works against you. It's not easy. Nature has its own way of being. And it doesn't necessarily want to bend to what you want. That's the way nature is in Gaulu. In Gaula, it's the diametric opposite. People will ask the question, I have the right to tell nature what to do? Who am I? So really, we have a precedent for that. In the Mitzrayim, before we receive the Tyra, because remember, when we were going to receive the Tyra, receiving the Tyra is all about permeating nature, permeating nature with holiness. So there's the nature part. Before we received the Tyra, we sat for a couple of hundred years in Mitzrayim as slaves, and that was the place that worshipped nature. And before that, we were in the land of Israel, which was more or less above nature. You needed rain, you needed food, you looked up and you, you davened, you prayed. So, it's all about nature. So when we were in Mitzrayim, we had Maishrabenu and Lahavda, we had Paro. They both dealt with nature. Paro said, I'm in charge of nature. And he really meant himself. Maishrabenu said later on in the Chumash, I, I have, con- the Nazi Hadar has control over nature. And as we would see later on with Yeshua, control over nature. But that's an eye that is completely transparent and experiences only Hashem and doesn't experience self. Imagine you, you're there, you exist, and you don't really experience yourself other than complete conduit of Hashem's will without anything else in the way. That's the way we'll be in Yemaisa Mashiach. When you're there, you should be in charge of nature. You know the famous story about a person who didn't want to become a, a shaisat because he said, it's very frightening. You know, you're affa- affecting people forever with how you do the shita. I find it too frightening. I'm afraid. And whichever the rabbeim, that question was sent to, the rabbi said, so who should become a shaisat? The people who are not afraid? The people who don't care? They shall become shastim. So often we feel, you know, I don't feel I'm up to this. I feel like I'm not on the level to be up to this. Oh, so who should do it? The people who don't even care if they're on the level to do it? They just think that they should do it? They should run the world? Who should run nature? Bill Gates? Or Melech HaMashiach? And the shluchim of Melech HaMashiach whom he empowers to affect nature. Who should affect nature? If we don't do it, somebody else is planning to and trying to. So, 
this circle is speaking about how Jamal Thomas was a huge piece in that transformation of nature. Let's do this. Okay. So Gimel Thamuz, this is a sikha from Tafshin Menhe. Gimel Thamuz is the day when the Friedrich Rebbe came out of, in Tafresh Pei Zion in 1927, the Rebbe came out of prison on the condition that he would go to Kostroma for three years. And then, when he was there, and it was supposed to be for three years, um, on the tenth day um, of Thamuz, uh, sorry, the 12th day of Thomas, Yud Beis Thomas, they told him that he's free to go. I think it was supposed to be 10 years in Kostroma, and then it was changed to three. It was supposed to be a sentence of the opposite of life. Not only for the Rebbe, for all of Yiddishkeit. That was their intention. And so then instead it was changed to 10 years in exile. And then it was changed to three years in exile. And then when the beginning of the three-year exile was going on, after 10 days, on Yud Beis Thomas, the Friedrich Rebbe was told that he's free to go. And that he should come back the next day when the office is open. And they would give him the papers. When they looked back, to see, wow, this Gaula, of this terrifying Gaulus, when did it really begin? Oh my, it began on Gimel Thomas. So since everything is Bashkach Pratis, and especially the Gula of a Tzaddik, the Nasi Bisrael, and it's not just his personal Gula, but it is a global Gula, as the Fidig Rebbe said, the next year, Tafresh Pechev, L'Aisi Bovad Gola Kaddish Baruch Hu B'Yud Beis Tamas, Im Gam, that's called Mechav V'Tarasein Rekadosha, Shemim Etzis, Gam Lasher, B'Shem Yisrael Hu Yechuna. I was not the only one who was redeemed on Yud Beis Tamas. But all those who love our holy Tyra, all those who keep mitzvahs, and all those who are simply called by the name Jew, by the name Yid. It's Chagagula for those who are involved in spreading Tyra. So if all the Geulas, so these, these were the words of the Friedrich Rebbe, and therefore if all the Geulas are connected to each other, um, it's all connected to the Geula through Mashiach, so we understand that the beginning, the date that starts the Gula, Gimel Tamuz, Megalgulin Schus Yom Zakai. It's the day of Schus and Yom Zakai forever. So we find that Gimel Tamuz is a unique day, Yom Zakai. It already was a long time ago. We didn't have to wait till 1927 for it to become a Yom Zakai, a meritorious day. It was a meritorious day 3,000 years before. As it says in Seder Eilam Rabbah, Gimel Tamuz was the nace of Az Yudabri Yeshua, Shemesh Begivan Dambi Arech Be'emakelech. Yeshua stood and held his hands up and said, Sun, stand still. Be still. Sun and moon, stand still. So, let's see. What are all these Gimel Thomases all about? Gimel Thomas, the very first one, Yeshua made the sun stand still. And then, 3,000 years later, the release, the Geula of the Reparyah. So, when we're talking about Yeshua making the sun stand still, why? 
They needed to win the war. We're in the midst of conquering Eretz Yisrael, which means if we have come home to Eretz Yisrael, it belongs to us. We need we need to settle it. And when we settle Eretz Yisrael, the whole world becomes settled. Everything falls into place. And here, in this situation, 3,000 years ago, we're in the middle of this war. And we and it started to get dark. And so, that wasn't the only thing, though. Something was, something needed to be done. In the midst of this war, something needed to be done. So, the simple explanation is, it started to get dark. We needed more daylight hours. So, Yeshua made the sun stand still. That's a very showy, big miracle. Simpler ways of doing it. You don't have to stop the whole, all the constellations just for that. You can dive into Hashem for much simpler things, like the enemy can all fall asleep till the morning, and then you resume the work so everybody goes to sleep. They all somehow, some bird drops some noxious substance that makes, you know, the enemies all fall asleep, so they didn't go to sleep, and they all wake up in the morning, they continue the war. That's an easy one. Or, you know, like in the plague of darkness, they have darkness, we have light. Or, you know, there are a million things. Hashem could have made the moon 50 times as bright, and so even though it was night, it was like day. There's so many simple miracles Hashem could have done. And Yeshua could have asked, there, there, are, there are a million solutions to this problem. You need more light? You don't have to stop the whole, all the constellations, the sun and the moon and the stars for more light. Come on. There are just tons of solutions. This is too showy. It's too big. So what's it all about? And so it says that Yeshua was afraid that, um, right, we, exactly what we said. But, as we said, there's got to be, there's got to be a different reason. And not only that, the way Yahshua spoke to the sun, he didn't say stop moving. The sun moves at incredible speed. Incredible speed. Around and around and around. And, um, he didn't say sun, stop moving. He said, son, be still, be quiet, stop talking. <laughs> Yesterday in Shul, <laughs> my husband doesn't like to talk a lot, and they said, please, say a Dvar Tyrus, say a Vart. And he said, I'm going to say a Vart about Gimel Thomas. <laughs> he said, Yeshua said to the son, be quiet, don't speak. He said, so Gimel Thomas is about, I think I shouldn't speak. <laughs> I think I should be silent and not speak. I'm just trying to celebrate Gimel <laughs> Thomas. So, Yeshua told the son, be still, dying, be quiet. So, what do you mean? You're telling me to stop talking or stop moving. But, the thing is like this. The Mithra Rebbe explains, and in the Drishim of the Temachtetic, the question, <laughs> why, why, why this has to happen, we have to know one thing. When the sun moves at this incredible speed, it's singing Shira to Hashem. It's singing praises to Hashem. 
it's one and it's bowing. It's one package deal. The sun is bowing, singing, moving. Bowing, singing, moving. All one package deal. Can't separate them. In order to get the moon to stop bowing, the sun to stop bowing, and to stop moving, you have to make it be silent. It's just, it, it all, it's all one package. Okay. So then we understand. Yeshua, somehow, that's how he did it. The kavana of Yeshua, when he said, son, be, be silent, is, you ready? He wanted to stop the flow that goes to the nations of the world. Remember, remember the horoscope and astrology, remember that stuff? How come we don't do it? What's that all about? Remember the story Avram Avinu was told by Hashem, go out of your tent, look up at the stars and the moon and the sun. Everybody worships them, not you. You're going to be higher than the stars and the moon and the sun. Remember that? We don't receive our flow from the sun and the moon and the stars. Everybody else does, and everything else does, which is why they got into a Vaidhazara to begin with, because they realized everything they're getting is coming through those. They couldn't take it further. The nations got stuck. You know, they they saw that uh, they went to the bank, and they they asked for $100, and the teller gave them $100. So they thought that the teller at the bank is the person who supports them and gives them Parnassa. Right? They're like, oh, where is that? Where is that? Where is Rosemary? I need money. He calls up Rosemary. So I no longer work there. Said, what do you mean? You're the one who gives me, puts food on my table. I need you, Rosemary. He said, no, 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 not me. How did he, why do you think they're Rosemary? Rosemary simply works for the bank. And now she doesn't work for the bank anymore. She went to work uh, in Washington uh, instead of instead of Kamala Harris. She took her job, you know. <laughs> so, so Rosemary's not the one to worship. She's simply the teller that gives you the money. She's not the one who provides you with your parnasa. That's where they got stuck in Avaita Zara. They saw that their flow of influence came through the sun, the moon, and the stars. They stopped there. They didn't say, and what's behind that? And who's behind that? We know to look behind that and behind that and by heaven. Wait a minute. Behind the sun, the moon, and the stars is Hashem. They didn't look that far. They got stuck worshiping Rosemary, so to speak. So, Yahushua said, well, then, we need to cut the flow from the moon and the stars, sun and moon and the stars, to the nations of the world. Because we're in the midst of one of the most important battles in all of, all of history. For us to acquire Eretisral, our homeland, properly for ourselves. This is it. We talked about it for, for decades, for generations. We were prepared for it, all of that. Here we are. This is it. It's happening in real time. We're not going to be able to do it. There's too much flow going to those nations who are sitting there. It's not like we came into the land of Israel and we said, 
Oh, hi, um, Seven Nations, Girigashi, Yabusi, Peruzzi, etc. Hi, um, did you read in Bracious, Bracious Barlakim, that, you know, this land really belongs to us? So, um, it's okay, but we're, we're gonna be coming soon, um, do you mind moving to Michigan? Or you go to Arkansas, any of those places, but like, are you okay just being, you know, vacating the premises within the next 30 days? And the Seven Nations living there said, no way, Jose, we're not leaving. And we kind of like, wait a minute, Hashem told us this is our land. And they said, good luck. We're staying. Squatters rights. So we're like, Hashem, what, what, uh, you told us this is our land and they don't want to leave. What do we do? Hashem said, well, you have to fight a war. Like, oh, <laughs> all right. So in the midst of this war, it's their turf. They're obviously, there's a, there's a spiritual reason why they're still there. And there's so much flow coming from the sun, the moon, and the stars to them. They ain't going anywhere, right? We're not getting rid of them. So Yeshua understood that he had to stop the flow to them. And then we would begin to win the war. So, to begin with, we have to understand how exactly this sun works. Because there's a Pella. Sort of what I said before. It says in the Sifre Hatachuna about how fast the sun moves that the Sivov Echad Hoylech Kama Rivvais Parsaos Adashere Erech Mahalas Tafkov Shana Saivid Bechosal Shot. In 24 hours, the sun moves. I guess, um, Tafkuf, 500 light years. Every 24 hours. That's fast. That's fast. And the question is, how does it move so fast? It's a Pella. How can anything move so fast? 500 light years distance? A, a light year means it's a distance that's so great that you can't measure it in miles or kilomiles or billomiles or zillow miles or anything like that. It's just so much faster than that. It's such a, sorry, so, such a great, greater distance than that. You can only match it in how long it would take for light to travel, etc. So, so that's a big distance. Every 24 hours, every day, that's what you do. So, um, how do they do it? How does the sun do it? It's a pellet. It's a wonder. To cover that kind of distance from Mizrach to Mirev every day. And the Ramam says, Kola kachavim vagalgalim kulam bali nefesh videa vehasechohim. So all of the stars are Bali Nefesh and Bali Dea and Seichel. They have intelligence. They understand. And they have a Nefesh. These stars are not dumb. They're pretty smart. And therefore, you know what's really amazing? If they're so smart, you would think that they would resist and they would have an ego and say, I'm too lazy today. I, I, I can't. I didn't sleep well last night. I, I just can't do it. 
I just can't do it. So, right, they would say, I don't want to do it. They're balinesses, and they're smart. The tell is how day after day after day after day, so smart, and they, so to speak, I guess, as if they can, so to speak, think. I don't know really what it means, balidea, but they're they're great. They understand, and they have intellect, and they move. How is it they decide to move so fast every day? Because if the body of the sun, the fact is, it's diamond. It's made out of inanimate stuff. So then, if it no, if it were only that, you could say that the reason that it moves so fast, because that's the way it was created to move, and it doesn't really have any thoughts, so it does what it's told to do. A stone is thrown by Hashem from here to there, and it goes. It doesn't resist. But the Rambam is saying something different. They do have, I guess not choice, but some kind of intellectual powers. So then the movement of the sun has to be connected with Deya and Seichel, with an understanding and an intellectual ability. It's almost like, so to speak, almost like on their level they thought it through. And we see in Madrasha Chazal that there are malachim who conduct, who kind of get the sun, you know, kind of moving and getting it, showing it where to go. And those malachim, you know, they're like, okay, guys, okay, everybody, let's go. Ready? One, two, three, go. And those malachim are surely Balei Deavasecho. So between the two of them, how do they keep on doing it so fast? Where's their motivation? And then remember that Yeshua decided, well, I'm going to get involved right exactly in that place. And so here's the motivation. The movement of the sun is a bowing, hishtachada, prostrating, with tremendous bittle, awesome bittle, of the sun. Incredible bitl to Hashem. Because the sun has a chaymer and a tzura. It has a form. A guf, a body, and a nefesh. The sun has all that stuff. And its body goes round and round and round. With actual physical bowing. Because its spiritual is nefesh aruchnis is bowing the shtach There's a spiritual bowing that's going on with the sun. And it has a body. And therefore it does physical bowing. When you see the sun moving in the sky, like, oh no. I mean, for me it's like, oh boy, I better move my car because it's going to be straight in the sun and it's going to be so hot in the car. That's how it affects me. There's something way more awe-inspiring going on with the sun other than my car needing to be moved to the other side of the street. Imagine it has that. It does, not just imagine. Realize it has that much vittle to Hashem that it wants to move that way. It's bowing spiritually. So it bows physically. And that's the end of the shira. 
that the body of the sun says when it's going out. That's what it says in Nehemia. It's it's actually bowing. And when it's bowing, it's singing Shira. That's a lot of stuff. It's bowing, it's moving quickly, it's singing Shira, it's saying Shira. In a voice of Rina Gedaila, great choice. Next time we look at the sun, I think, sunscreen. Just think, wait, there's more. Not just how to avoid it. It's seriously amazing. So, as it says, Baran Yachad Kaifei Baiker. So, when we're talking about a higher level, the Malachim, that conduct this movement of the sun, that's a whole other thing. So, when the Malach, who's in charge of getting the sun moving and directing it on its path, is misbinen, thinks into, does deepest bindenness into its great schus. Its great schus. To serve Hashem by doing what? By fulfilling its tafkid, its purpose, to keep the sun in its course. It's a, a, a moving thought when you think about it. The great schus that we have to be doing whatever shlichus we were given at any given second to serve Hashem in that way. It's interesting. I guess, maybe, when we think about it, maybe the sun, the malachim in charge of the sun thinks about it. I don't know. It's just a thought. Or vice versa. But when the sun does deep his bananas into this great schus, sorry, the malachim conducting the movement of the sun do great his bananas into this idea, this schus, Wow. When they re- when the Malachim realized that Elif Alafim Yishamshuni Buribu Rivavan Kadmu they understand, you know, serving Hashem, I guess with all these multitudes. Oh, and they're they're moving not only the sun but all those suns, the stars. Billions of them are infinite or tons, tons of them. Is there even a number to the battalion, this massive number of stars of little suns that these malachim are in charge of? Elif, alafim, a thousand thousands, Yishamshuni, you're serving me? That's the number of one group? Every group has thousands of thousands? And the number of groups is infinite, Ain Nisbar? There's no definite number to the name, number of groups, meaning, I guess, infinite groups. Wow. And from all of the many malachim, this malach in charge of this particular son says, me? I was chosen for this tasket and this shlichus to move the sun on its path so it should illuminate the world? Then what do you think happens to the sun when it thinks, to the mala, sorry, when it thinks about this? Gadol his pilot. It's in tremendous excitement. Like, wow. That, right? If the sun, if the malachim could, the malachim could say, wow, that is 
seriously awesome. It's very seriously awe-inspiring for that mollusk to realize, me? I was picked for this? And malachim are very passionate. They are balas pilas. They're not cold. They're not cold at all. They're very like, wow, this is amazing. They burn up with all their fervor. So imagine you're the malach who's in charge of the sun, and you realize what you're accomplishing. And you're anyway passionate by nature. So you're just going to plot, you know, this is, this is very, very, very powerful. And so when this malach is misspinning in all of this, thinks deeply into all this, he comes to a very great, passionate excitement, his pilus, and says Shira with great, great joy. And because of his great excitement, Shuv Ein Kopela so the Malach is not a wonder after that. He's so excited. How does he get the sun moving so fast? He's so excited himself. Makes sense. Adirabha. The Pella is, How come he's not getting the sun to move even faster? I mean, you can't, probably really can't separate the Malach from the sun itself. You know, I don't know. I'm not up there that. But, really, you would have to come to the level of the Sraffim, you know, the Malach and the angels that kind of burn up. And because of the Hispilus, they become completely sort of burnt up with their passion. So let's finish off this. This is a two-part sicha. So we're going to end off with the question that we're going to answer tomorrow, which is now we understand there's something going on with all of that incredible movement and bittle and, and praising Hashem and singing Shira and all of that. We, we, we're seeing it now a little bit. So the question that we're going to answer tomorrow is why, knowing all of this, did Yehoshua, at that crucial moment in history, have to stop it all? The whole thing was going on in tremendous vittle and tremendous passion, and, and, and the malachim are involved in the sun, and it's incredible, and it's a wondrous thing, and all of that is happening. Great, incredible. So at this moment in history, Yehoshua says, let's stop the whole thing right now. Why? It sounds good. Let it go. Go get busy somewhere else. Why stop it? And that's the question that we're going to answer tomorrow as we wrap up the Sikha tomorrow. So, to be honest, Dalit Tammuz, as it says, Gimel Damud or Gimel Dalim, giving to the poor, um, the answers are there. We're feeling poor. We don't have the answer. But all of that is going to come to us and come to us in real time. And we don't just need an answer, an intellectual answer, but we're saying, Hashem, send us the ultimate thing. If Yeshua stopped the sun for some reason, he surely stopped it for us to have the Gula Midas and it should be immediately now. And tune in tomorrow, please, for part two of this series. One sec.